Blog Talk Radio. blessing to be in the presence of God one more time. All righty then. I, I know that's right. And the funny man himself, Mr. D.L. Henry, how are you today? I'm big, but I'm sexy, feeling real good on the road. I hope that we don't bother y'all too much, but I do feel good. Amen. Bless the good? Lord. Bless the Lord. We are great. How is your Operation Spandex coming along? Oh, Lord, I'm trying to tell you, God is good. You know what? Let me tell you something. Swimming is not that friendly, but it's by far the best exercise that you can, the best cardio you can ever get. You know, I have problems sleeping until I go swimming, but it's, it's going good. I'm, I'm, from, I'm down from a size 58. I'm in now a size 
So that's the okay. thing. <laughs> I hear you, my brother. We don't want you laying up there and people yelling well, huh? I know it's so a Kool-Aid, one of the two. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, I absolutely positively know that you shall be victorious in your journey. So it's a wonderful thing, wonderful thing, and, and most importantly, not just to look good in your clothes, but to be healthy, to be yes. healthy, because you have definitely got much to do in the kingdom of God. So amen. Well, we applaud you. We applaud you. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, I, I topic this morning um, is strategies of war, okay, um, because we are all daily in, in some type of battle, some type of warfare or what have you, whether we know it or not. And I, I've talked to so many weary saints. You know, they're just tired. They're tired of the struggle. They're tired of the different ups and downs and ins and outs of their life. And they, for um, many reasons, don't know where to go from here. They don't know how to get before God and, and be refreshed and renewed and revived. And, and so God just laid it on my heart um, for us just to encourage them and to talk about how we um, get our strategies in, in what we're doing. And, Dion, I'm going to start with you this morning because you had to develop a strategy just in your Operation Spandex. I, I know you, you bring humor to it and what have you as you – um, deliver your daily posts on your journey, but how did you um, develop your strategy in how you were going to get healthy and lose weight? Um, you know, people always ask me, like, why Operation Spandex? Um, because there's so much more than getting down to just putting on spandex. I tell people, you know, that's the humor behind it, but uh, the truth mm-hmm. of the matter is is that you have to have a strategy or you have to have a motivation. It's almost like when people get saved, it always sometimes takes something tragic to happen. It's very rare that people get saved because their life is going well, uh, mm, even though that, that happens in some cases, which was me. Uh, but most of the time, it's something that goes on in your life. So for me, after having two failed marriages, being transparent here, what I kept hearing is that you're a good man. You're a good man. Even my ex-wives would say how good of a man you were. But the issue, uh, Minister Corlett and uh, Minister Tanya, was that was I the best version of me? Now, we can go out here and we can blame people for what they've done uh, and how they've fallen short and what happened, whether they had an affair or whatever the case may be. But you have to look at yourself as well. And say, was I the mm-hmm. best version of me? Was I uh, the person that I needed to be? So my strategy was, all right, I'm a man that wants to be married, but I have to be the best version of me. Because if I'm not the best version of me, mind, body, and spirit, mm-hmm. then I not only do myself a disservice, but I do my future spouse a disservice. See, it's one thing to say, well, this person cheats on me, but it's another thing to say, well, you know what? I'm too big and out of shape to hold her hand and walk in the park. So I tell her I'm not going to the park, you know, because 
I'm embarrassed because it feels like my foot is in my back when I'm walking. So Mm. I couldn't be the best version of who I was. So the strategy behind it is that, you know what, you got to be the best version of who you are so you can be an effective witness for God. Because you can be there spiritually. You can be there mentally. But physically, everything about God should be trained in your walk. Mm-hmm. As well as the outside. Presentation is everything. People can say what they want to say. But yep, your presentation yep. is something. You can give a word, but if you're up there and you're 500 pounds and your stomach is over your belt, then even though you have a good word, your presentation is still not where it needs to be. So we as Christians, we get away from what God wants us to be. So my strategy is to be lined up in God, mind, body, Spirit. Because if we do that, then we can be the best version of who we need to be. So then there's no excuse for this in, in this world. Because people don't want to talk about presentation. But my thing is I can cook with the best of them. Give me one I tell you this. I can cook with the best of them. I make an incredible steak. So what actually goes on, I take this steak, I sear it, I you know, make it real good with the onions, mushrooms in there, and you know what? It looks good, but if I put that steak on a trash can lid, I don't care how good it Mm. is, nobody's going to touch it. But let me take that same steak and put it on a plate with a bed of lettuce and a strawberry flower and present it to someone. It probably be the best steak that they taste, not because of the cooking, but because of the presentation. When the presentation is right, people are willing to take it. A lot of times, we can't get to people because the presentation is not right. It doesn't even look good. So if you're trying to give a word to someone and you don't even look good, they may not receive it. The strategy is to get in three-part harmony with God, mind, body, and spirit. That's the strategy behind Operation Fantastic. Amen. Amen. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, Miss Tanya, I I happen to know that you you have had to develop some strategies in your life for parenting because you have um, encountered some difficulties along that journey. So how have you um, taken the time to develop your strategies in parenting? I'll tell you what, Elder and um, Dee, I love you both. I have to seek him every day. And when I say seek him every day, one day the Holy Spirit woke me up when I was in prayer and told me why was I using old prayers in a new battle. And I didn't understand it at first. And he kept saying sometimes we pray the same thing over and over again that it becomes just like a normal everyday walk in the park. And it's just like what D.L. said. It's not, you know, I, too, went under a health change from 210, almost 215. Now I'm down to, like, 179. And it wasn't just a matter of exercising. It was also a matter of um, eating correctly. Because at first I was exercising, but I wasn't eating correctly. And that's like parenting. We can scream. We can cuss. We can fuss. And I was praying, but at the same time, the Lord kept saying, you need a new strategy. You need to ask me today what the strategy will be today, how to handle it today. Because some days it was being silent, not saying anything at all, even when I wanted to say something. 
Some days it was being loving to her, even when I didn't want to be loving because of the things that she was doing. Some days it was being stern when a, as a mother kicks in in me, sometimes I wanted to be kind. And so different strategies are for every day. We can't use the same strategies that we used yesterday to survive when we're living in a today. So I had to learn that it was going before the father and asking him every day what would be the strategy today. It's like if you play checkers for a while, he explained to me, or if you know how to play chess. After a while, you develop different strategies to be able to win the game. If you keep playing it the same way you did when you were a little kid, then you're going to keep losing to the game every time because eventually you want to win, so you'll begin to use new strategies. So last night the Holy Spirit woke me up about 2 o'clock in the morning and began to give me a new strategy. And what he told me now was, now I need you to start fasting and praying. And then he began to show me that it was because of a deaf and dumb spirit. Then I thought, deaf and dumb spirit? I don't understand that, Father. And he told me, I want you to look up deaf and dumb spirit. And as I began to do that, he explained to me that the reason why we're stuck and the reason why we're not having breakthroughs It doesn't matter what it's in. If it's in your dieting, if it's in your exercise, if it's in whatever you do, you have to be able, we get stuck for so long believing that things will never change before we know it. We think we believe what God is saying, but before we know it, we really don't trust and believe what he's saying. So that's where I am right now, Elder. I've had to learn and ask God for a different strategy now, my strategy for today is my fasting and my praying. Amen, amen, amen. All good, good, good stuff. Good, good, good stuff. I love it. One of the, the core values of what both of you have shared is the fact that you had to get before God. You had to go to your commander-in-chief to get your specific strategy for what you what you were engaging in. As I said at the beginning of the show, we are all in some type of warfare every day of our lives. Some of some of us are battling in our marriages, some of us are battling in our parenting, some of us are battling in our bodies, some of it is health issues, sometimes being overweight. A lot of a lot of it, a lot 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 of it is in the battlefield of the mind. We are struggling within ourselves, and half of our battle is against ourselves. We are so quick to talk about the enemy and what the enemy strategies are against us, but we lose sight of the fact that our biggest battle is against ourselves. Our biggest battle occurs when we – go ahead. You know what? That's what I was going to say. One time I was was teaching a message. And I asked people, I said, you know what, who's the issue? Ladies, say issue. Mm. I'm talking to the ladies. Y'all say issue. It's issue. Mm-hmm. I said it real it's slow. You. Yeah, that's it's right. you. That's who it is. It's you. There ain't nobody else. It's you. That's right. That's what the issue is. It's you. It ain't nobody else. It ain't the pastor. Ain't your husband, wife. It's you. If you remove Amen. you out of the way, then God can do what he needs to do. Amen. 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 And I agree with that. Because one day the Lord said to me, I want you to break down the word enemy. 
And when he told me to write it down on a piece of paper, he said, read the word again. I said, I am father enemy. He said, no, it's the inner me. It's the inner Mm. you that's causing destruction upon your land because it has to be able, your land has to be able to be filled first before you can go out and spread it amongst others in your family, your marriage, your home, your children. It's the inner me. And that's exactly what DL, Pastor DL was saying. Exactly. You know what? We have to, everything you said is like right on point, both of you. One thing that we have to understand are the rules of engagement. If we don't understand who we're fighting, then we cannot understand our rules of engagement. What is the rules of engagement? Rules of engagement are rules of directive to military forces, including individuals, that define the circumstances, conditions, degree, and manner in which force or actions which might be construed as proactive may be applied. So if we don't know who we're engaging and we're trying to engage an outside enemy and the true enemy is within us, then we'll never win the battle. We'll never win the battle. Remember, the word tells us that we don't fight and wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in wicked places. Is there an enemy out there? Absolutely there is. But before we can engage that enemy, we have to engage the enemy within us. We have to. And in order to do that, in order to win the struggle and the battle of our inner members, It takes us getting in the presence of God, getting in the word of God, so we have something to engage who we are with. D.L., you hit it so on the head when you talked about, you know, okay, you were transparent, you have two failed marriages, you could say this, that, and the other, you could talk about the infidelity, you could talk about all these other issues that occurred in your marriage, but until you got real with yourself, and came face-to-face with you, then you could not improve you for your next season of life, for that next season of love that God will usher you into. So we have to come face-to-face with ourselves, and and the way we come face-to-face with ourselves is through the word of God. Why? Because we were created in the image and likeness of God. And when we go into that sin nature or into that battlefield of the mind where our thoughts are not aligning themselves with the thoughts of God, remember the word says that think on whatsoever is good, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is of a good report. If our thoughts are not concentrating on those things, then we go into Second Second Corinthians ten and four, where we have to bring into subjection our minds and our thoughts, because at that point they're enemy against God. Remember, Corinthians Second Corinthians ten and four says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The majority of our Strongholds are in our mind. They're in our mind. And until we face that, then we cannot be victorious in what we're battling, be it addiction, that, that, that craving for something that is unhealthy to your temple. 
be it cigarettes, food, um, sex, um, whatever, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever your current addiction is that is causing you to misalign yourself with the spirit of God that dwells within you and with the call of God that's on your life, that battle starts within you. It's within before it's without. Are there principalities, as I said before? Yes. There are spirits out there that are enticing spirits. They are familiar spirits. They know exactly how to push your button. But when you come into a realization of who you are, then they're unable to infiltrate your thoughts and your minds and your desires and take over. So that's why your first strategy has got to be within. You have to build you up in God, allowing the spirit of the living God to rise up within you and take possession over what God has called you to be. First and foremost, I am currently um, in a a shut-in myself right now, just in a a time before the Lord, because um, a few weeks ago my pastor had spoken and said that, you know what, we need to do a shut-in just for renewal and revival and refreshing, you know, the seeking God just to be renewed, refreshed, and revived. And that was powerful to me. I, I listen. When the man of God or the woman of God that God has set as that, that set man and woman over my life speak, I listen because they are in tune with the flow of God. Your man or woman of God who you are sitting under should be someone that you respect in the spirit realm so that you know that when they speak, Speak a word, it can bear witness in your spirit, okay? So I listen, and as I listen, and because I, I reside in a revelatory house, God will always give me revelation of what is going on. I, I can read a paragraph of a book and take three hours to study on something related to that paragraph, and he'll take me on this this tangent, as they say, chasing these rabbits, but because there's so much revelation in everything that God does. So when when I heard that, my first thing was to press in and ask God, okay, what's going on? And the first thing I received in, you need to be refreshed and revived because there's something coming. There's something coming that you need to be in tune with. Or four. Now, that doesn't mean that it's good or bad. It doesn't mean like, oh, my God, now what's going to happen? But what it meant was whatever was coming down the pike, I needed to be fresh. I needed to be fresh for, okay? In our day-to-day battles, we get weary. We get tired, as I said before. You have always got to take some time to refresh yourself, to get along with God and just allow him to wash you, seriously, to wash your mind, to wash your heart, to wash your spirit so that you can be revived in his spirit so that you can clearly hear. When you get really, really tired and weary, you will miss things, things that you should catch in the spirit, things that you should hear in the spirit, things that you should see in the spirit, you will miss them because you're too weary to catch it. Even in the military, they send, and I forget what it's called, but they, after a while of being on the battlefield, they send soldiers off. And it's not R&R, but 
and it's not TDY. I forget what it's called, and, and my husband's not with me right this moment for me to ask him since he was in the military. But they send them away. They send them away for, for a few weeks so that they can revive themselves. They can refresh themselves. They get them off the battlefield. Why is that? Because you need that. You, there, there's something about resting in God that's important. That is one of your strategies in your warfare. You've got to get along with him and get to a quiet place in him. I know some of you are saying, I got babies, I got marriage, I got work, I got all of these things. But what's really vital in your life? Because that thing that you put first and foremost in your life, that is that thing that will be the most important to you, and you will find a way to do it. You will find a way to do it. If it takes, you know, you know what, I'm sorry, I, I just got to have a couple of days off. I need some personal time, whatever. Mama, daddy, somebody, I need some help with these babies because I got to get before God. I got to take that time. So that's vital. Now, I, I as I was in the shut-in, as I was saying, God gave me something day before yesterday, and I want to read it to you as as one of our weapons that the enemy comes at us with. And I'm believing that it's going to bless somebody, and then I want both of you um, to give me your take on what God has said in the midst of this. This is what I wrote down. It says, low self-esteem is a weapon of the enemy keeping the children of God bound. You must know and embrace who you are in God. This is not to get caught up in pride or vainglory but to realize you are who God has declared you to be. Don't believe the lies of the enemy who will tell you you are not good enough, you are not strong enough, or you don't look right, or you're not intelligent enough. Everything you need to accomplish what God created you for was put in you at your creation. That is declared in Genesis 1, 26, and 27. Remember, you did not evolve from a single-celled fish, as some would have you believe. You were created by God in his image and likeness. God took his time and handpicked all of the great traits that you possess. His word declares this in Psalms 139 and 14, that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. How dare the enemy try to say that anything God lovingly crafted is not adequate. Never forget the devil is a liar and the father of lies. Don't let his lies define your life. You are God's masterpiece, his fine tapestry. Arise, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen within you. It is time that you cancel out the lies of the enemy. Take your rightful place as a child of God and joint heir with Christ. In the inheritance of God, do you not yet realize how special you are to God? His word says, many are called, but few are chosen. To be chosen is to be handpicked by God as one of his own. You did nothing to prove yourself worthy. The great honor bestowed upon you except make a choice to receive Christ, the anointed one of God, his firstborn in the power of God's precious Holy Spirit as your Lord and give him rulership over your life. It was all about your choice to say, yes, I accept the finished work of Christ on the cross. 
I desire to be reconciled back to my Father. God cleansed um, God cleansed my sins, which separated me from Him. So, you see, it has never been about you being good enough. It has always been about God's great love for you and desire to have you as part of His family. In the parable about the prodigal son, there's a line that says in Luke 15 and 17, and when He came to Himself, it is time for you to come to yourself and take your territory, take what is rightfully belongs to you, and that is your destiny which awaits you. So, Tam, I'm going to let you go first and, and expound on that. Well, you know what? I, I can definitely expound on that, and I'll do it shortly. When I was young, of course, everybody, you know the story. I never felt uh, loved by my mother. I felt rejected, um, even though I was the third of four girls. But as I began to grow and then being in other relationships and being rejected from them, I began to think that I was nothing and I was a nobody. It didn't matter how people say, gosh, you're beautiful or you're this or that. I never got caught up in that. But I didn't know who I was on the inside or whose I was. But I thank God for a godmother, rest her soul, Mother Atkinson, that will just speak life into my spirit when I didn't have I didn't know how, and I had no one around to do that for me. And as I developed that and developed a relationship in Christ and began to know whose I was. Now, let's go back real quick because I did backslide. Because even though I knew who I was, I still felt an awesome amount of rejection in my life um, in relationships and wondering how come I couldn't keep one and, and trying to make it to be. See how I said I was trying to make it to be what I thought and what I wanted it to be. Now I realized back in the, as the prodigal son, because that's what the Lord had called me. He called me back. When I came back home, I realized after squandering with the pigs and squandering my riches off, that I realized that there was nothing left. But I thank God that we serve a God, a master, a savior, that looks past all your faults and sees your needs. And he took me back into his own. But it still took me years, even after he received me back, that to forgive my own self. See, even though I knew that God would, could forgive me, I thought God was still angry with me because I was still angry with myself. How could I leave a God so loving and so kind and so good and so merciful? How could I? That's what I kept saying. Then I thought, if I beat myself up, then truly God would know how sorry I was. See, that's what I thought. See, I thought if I kept beating myself up behind what I had done, if I kept beating myself up, telling myself what I wasn't, kept crying about the same situation, the same old battles over and over again, that God would understand he would forgive me when he already had. It took him to savor me in his love, to give me a love that I can't even explain to anybody, to make me realize that I am his own, and there is no one like him. That's all I wanted to say. But I just, I did need to say one other thing while D.L. was speaking. D.L. God said that those were not failed marriages. Those were experiences and life lessons because the best is still yet to come. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. All right, Mr. Henry. I'm to say something in my voice. La, 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 
So, D.L., tell me about your struggles. Do you, have you ever, you know, struggled with low self-esteem? Is that one of the, the tricks that the enemy tried to settle you with? Oh, yes, without a doubt. Um, if you, uh, the people that, in my field of being a comedian, I don't think people understand is that most of our comedy comes from dark places. So, therefore, we, mm-hmm. we, buy, we deal with thoughts of depression, self-esteem, struggle. Um, as it may be, um, there was something that uh, I used to always see these men, and they looked so powerful and things of that nature. And you know, growing up in the church, you know, we all used to always sing these songs. There is power, power, wonder working power, you know. Uh, and so that was my thing that I used to pray for Lord, just give me, give me the power because it was so strong. These men looked so powerful, but they were so unhappy. And so I realized that it was a trick of the enemy. And you're so focused on having this power, and the enemy is coming in the back door. Because what I begin to understand through uh, my relationship with God, there's simply this, and people miss it, is that, all right, yeah, I need that power, but where does your power come from? Power is mm-hmm. your strength. So what happened was, the devil said, hang on, mess with your power. I'm going to just deal with your joy. I'm going to deal with your depression. I'm going to deal with you on your, your low self-esteem. So what we miss is the joy of the Lord is our strength, which results mm-hmm. in our power. So therefore, we never had any power because the enemy was taking our joy. Whether it's through Deals, relationship, whatever the case may be. The enemy was coming in the back door and says, you know what, I'm going to take your joy. Therefore, if you don't have any joy, you don't have any strength. Therefore, your power is irrelevant hmm. because you don't have any of that. So I come wow. to realize that, you know what, I've got to keep my joy in the law. See, that's what people miss is that, when you get something, you're joyous, you're joyful. Therefore, you feel like your, your help is coming. When things mm-hmm. are taken away, it makes you depressed. It, it has you withdrawn. So, therefore, we have to stay in the Lord because the joy of the Lord is your strength, which ultimately results yeah. in your power. So, therefore, the enemy attacks us on who we are and whose we are. Because, see, he already knows what's going on. That's what happened with my boy Job. My boy Job had all this stuff. So, I think they messed with his stuff. But he started taking all these things that brought him joy, hoping that he would curse God. Uh-huh. Some of us, if truth be told, the moment that he took one thing from us, we would have been uncomfortable. We cussing somebody out. Uh-huh. Because Amen. that's what we do because things are not going right. So therefore, you have to make a conscious effort to 
substitute your joy. And the only way you can keep the joy, because this stuff that we get, cars, boats, houses, it's only temporary. So therefore, your relationship with God, because once you realize who you are and who you are, and that we're heir and joint heir, and because of that, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and we are joint heirs with that, then there's a reason to be joyous at all times because you realize that whatever you're going through is only for a moment. You just have to get yeah. through it. People don't oh. understand, and I say this, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be dumb, but people don't understand the storm. That's one thing that I've always understood is your storm. People miss the stages of storm, S-T-O-R-M. There is a setting or a setup, whether you got yourself there or you, you, you messed up, uh, you got yourself there, or God allowed you to be there. But there is a setting or a setup. But then comes the deep. There's the trials and the tribulations. All hell breaks loose, which is an attack yeah. on your joy. But see, we think it's over after the trials and tribulations, but it's not. Here comes the O, which is the oppression. The people that you thought that loved you, that was there for you, they start coming against you because they don't even believe what you're doing now is of God. So therefore, you already were struggling through the trials and tribulations. Oh, you thought it was over, but now your family members, now your husband, your wife, nobody understands you are being oppressed from every level, even maybe from your leaders. But it's just the process of the storm. But if you hold on, baby, here comes the art, which is the resting and the restoring. Everything that you just went through from the settings to the trials and tribulations to the oppression, God now is getting ready to rescue and restore you. Mm. And so after that, here comes the end. God says, after I put you, there you long rest. The long break that you were talking about, Minister Collette, because we need it. And the restore, God said, this is what I'm getting ready to do. I'm getting ready to give you the M, which is the mind regulation, the mind of Christ. Mm. Everything that you went through, everybody that you came through, now you're going to have the mind of Christ. Well, you ain't even mad at them because you understood the process of what you went through. So you don't have a problem with them because the simple fact is that you know what God gave the mind of Christ. Don't be mad with them. This is just part of your process. Nobody wants to be processed. Everybody wants to be microwaved. Everybody wants to have this thing fast. But you know what? This is not a fast thing. The race is not given to the swift nor to the strong. But he that endures to the end. Stop trying to cook yourself in the microwave. Do like our grandparents do. Put it in the stove. Heat it up the correct way. Hmm. I'm finished. Okay. It tastes better. It tastes better. This is true. When you heat the food up in the correct way rather than popping it in the microwave, it tastes better. And why is that? Because the juices and the savory flavors and stuff have an opportunity to really saturate and permeate the food. It tastes better. So just hurry up and quickly, you know, get everything done, you miss out. You miss out on the blood within it. Seriously. Miss out on the blessing within it. And that's exactly what we have in this hour is that microwave Burger King mentality. I want it my way and I want it right now. I want it right now. But God is saying it's exactly as the Lord spoke to you through Tanya a few minutes ago. It was just preparation for what's to come. What we're going through Sometimes we, we miss 
the whole point of it. I think it's in First Peter that takes you through while we're going through these trials and these tribulations and whatever, and what it does within us. It's just preparation for what's to come. And when what's to come shows up, it is going to blow your mind in such a manner that you will look back over what you had to endure and go through to get there and laugh at it. It'll be like, well, Lord, if that's what it took, amen and thank you, Jesus, because what you are doing in me right now is so much better, so much better. It is. It's, it's Second Peter, the first chapter. I had to look this up because this is so real. Starting at the third verse, it says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And I wrote in my Bible next to glory and virtue, honor and excellence. Glory and virtue, honor and excellence, whereby we are given unto us, I'm sorry, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things are blind and cannot see far off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. So all these things are added to us through our, our testing, our trials, our tribulations, and all that we have to walk through in life. So, you know, it, it's, it's like you have to be put in that spiritual coffee pot and percolate. You remember the old Maxwell commercial where you see the percolator going and the coffee was going up into the little gold, the globe up on top of yeah. it? Yeah, my grandma had one. Yeah. My grandma had a percolator. Okay. You my know mama what? had one. That's deep. Can I expound on something, Elder, because it came in my spirit just speaking Absolutely. to someone out there? What you and yeah. Neil both said, you twisted it together about the microwave. And, and it's the truth. I don't really like to use a microwave. I tell people barely at all. I, if I cook dinner, I like to warm it back up in the same pot or put some foil and turn on the oven and do it the right way because it does taste better. But right then he spoke to me. He said, tell the world that backsliding comes from exactly what you're saying, what you and Dio were saying, that quick fix. You want to hurry up. You want what you want. You're not trying to wait on God. You feel like you've waited mm-hmm. long enough. Whether you get married to somebody you don't need to, whether you walk into a job that you know you didn't need to, or whatever it is, open up a business that God is telling you to wait, but you go ahead and do it anyway so you exhaust all your finances. Mm-hmm. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, is you have to wait on God. Because I do realize yeah. that I have just 
hurt for so long, and I felt like I was tired of being where I was, and I, I wanted what I wanted. I know, knew that God was going to bless me, but I thought, I'm going to go do it anyway, Lord, and when I get there, you bless it. See, I did. That was the attitude I had, even with my first marriage, even with my second marriage. I was there as well, D. But I was like, you know what, Lord? No, I know, but you said it was better than to marry than it was to burn. So I'm going to marry this man anyway, and you bless it. See, that's not the way to do things. And I hope someone hears what you guys both said together. It's like it's better to savor the flavor, the spirit of God, to wait on him. Because once you really truly make up in your mind and truly believe to the depths of your soul that God is going to do that thing, won't he do it? He'll show up and he'll show up. He'll show up and show up. I'm waiting on him this time to show up and show out in my life. So this time it won't be no quick microwave. Every time I think that I want to step out sometime, I'm like, oh, no devil. Oh, no, no. You got me once. But you won't get me again. Mm. Glory, glory. That's real. That's so real. You're right. When we move hastily, we mess it up. We mess it up. Or when we step in it and think we've got to help God. That's what Abraham and Sarah did. You know, oh, well, let, let us, we need to help God out because he's not capable of taking care of this on his own. Seriously. So, in our strategies of war, it has to begin. At the feet of God, we have to recognize God as being our commander-in-chief. He is that great general that has already laid out the battle plan, and we forget that. We think it's all about us. Our, Our role in this is making the choice and the decision to follow the game plan, the battle plan that God has already laid out for our lives. Because guess what? He already knew what was going to happen before it happened. He already knew. So we have to condition our mind to go to him first. Like I said, that battlefield of the mind that makes us think that, you know, we can figure this out logically. If we are in the kingdom of God, logic is really out the window. Because he does not operate in logic. He is the supreme being. You can, you can rationalize something and rationalize yourself right on out your blessing. He said his ways are not our ways. His ways are not our ways. So considering that he had already laid everything out before us and then created us, okay, then created us, and put us in the midst of what he created, you know, then we have to stop and understand that whatever is going on, Lord, you've got it. Um, what's his name? Brian Courtney Wilson has a song, and his song said, did it ever occur to you that nothing occurs to God? Okay. Yeah, I like and that, to me, that is so powerful, huh? I said What'd I love Brian well? Courtney. I love Brian Gordon. I do, too. I do, too. But that's such a powerful statement. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? Why? Because he already knows. It's not like he's sitting there and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, I didn't think about that. Or, oh, wow, it just occurred to me that such and such and such and such. No, that's not the God we serve. 
The God we serve has already gone before us and knocked it out. Our choice and our decision in it is to follow the plan that he's laid out for us. And it's not always pleasant because we're in that crucible. We're in that place of testing. We're in that place of being forged. You know, you think about different precious stones, diamonds. Diamonds are forged by pressure, Um, a beautiful pearl. A pearl is forged by friction. You know, things that are of value. You know, gold. Gold has to be heated and refined. So if you think about these things, what, everything that is really, like, beautiful and held in high esteem and of great value had to go through something, and so do you. So do we. We've got to walk through that crucible. We've got to go through that time of testing and proving to know what is in our hearts. You know what Deuteronomy says, that God took the children of Israel through the wilderness to prove to them what was in their hearts. He already knew. So not 90% of the time, go ahead. I was going to say, does anyone realize the most one of the most precious stones that we have uh, in the United States? It's a diamond. Yes. Women love diamonds, but a diamond comes from something that's dark, black, and silky. Cold. Yep. Exactly. You have to go yep. through all that filth in order to get the most precious thing. That this mm. earth has to offer. Mm. People don't understand. God brings us out of a whole lot of filth yeah. in order for us to be the most precious and effective witness, man and woman of God that we can ever be. So a lot of times people are looking at what you've gone through and say, you know what, oh my God. But you mm. are just the right candidate for God because yeah. He wants everybody to see the filth but then ultimately see the God result, which is that diamond. Mm. Mm. And it, it takes that pressure to get that darkness and that blackness out of us, That's you know, right. so that we can't. And, and think about a diamond. A diamond has many facets to it. So each one of those facets has to be forged within the diamond. You know, and, and likewise with us, we have many different layers. But each layer has to be attended to. One thing that, that always stays with me, I promise you, is like we want life so easy and so wonderful, and at the same time we're being, you know, God, make me a glory bearer. God, use me. And if you stop and think and go to, as you said um, earlier, DJ, your boy, um, DL, your boy Job, <laughs> yeah. God, where, yeah. God said to the enemy, have you considered my servant Job? Now, Job's life was going just fine until God said, have you considered my servant Job? How do you know that God has not said that about your life? Have you considered my servant? He has strategically handpicked you. And why? so that you could be a witness to his glory. The glory of God is more profound on a believer's life when they are going through than when they make it to the other side. Because it's in the going through 
that people are sitting there going, how are you doing this? How are you still standing? And then they have, then, then you have those good quote-unquote friends who like Joe had that come and tell you everything that's wrong with you and try to explain away why you're going through what you're going through. Can't explain it away. All you have, only thing you can hold on to and know is, I know God's going to bring me out. I know he knows whatever the reason. And it's not always that you did something wrong. It, the word never said Job did something wrong to go through what he went through. The word said that God said, have you considered my servant Job? He's an upright man, righteous in all his ways. That's what God said about him. And all hell broke loose in his life. And then you would stop and think and say, well, why in the world would God allow that to happen? Because Job got double for his trouble in the long run. So like you're saying, D.L., because of all the things that we have to go through, that what comes out of the other side, it's like I believe it was Moses said, you know, I'm going through, but when I come through, I'm being tried in the fire, but when I come through, I shall be a pure gold. I shall be a pure gold because I've been heated seven times over, you know. And, and the radiance, though, the radiance of God is going to show through your life. When, when Tanya, when Kirtanya comes out of what she's walking through right now, there will be such a glow and a radiance of the Amen. power of God on I her life. It. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I receive that. Amen. You know, I know it's going to happen. Amen. 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 And, and it couldn't come in any other way. It couldn't come in any other way. No, it can't. Because you know, I was watching himself a, mighty. Go ahead. I was watching a movie one time. Please forgive me, Elder. And they, they were um, oh, you're good. in war, in battle, you know, back in the uh, king, king days. And they were preparing the swords for the battle. And when you said by fire... And, and and before you can make a good sword, they have to mm-hmm. take iron, sharp as iron, another mm-hmm. piece of iron to make that iron. And then you think that's the end of it. But once they take that, then they got to put it in the fire so many times yep. and bring it back out, beat it back down, put it back yep. into the fire. Because, iron, because it has to be tried in the fire first. Then after it comes out of the fire, it has to be dipped in water. Then they have to look for the imperfections in it, put it back in the fire again, and then beat it back down again, and then sharpen it again. And then when it comes out, though, for the last time, they buff it, and they buff it out so it becomes shiny and sharp. And that's what God wants to do to our lives. He is a God that is faithful, that he said he would. He started a good work in us, and he is faithful to complete it. He wouldn't have put it in the word if he didn't mean to do it just like that because the word can't come back. So that's what it's about. He's sharpening us. We tested in the fire. I didn't get it at first. I thought God didn't love me because I was going through so many trials and tribulations. Even in my life now with my child, with my daughter, and and not working right now. And I thought, Lord, what's going on? But he's sharpening me and trying me in the fire. And this time, this time when I wait on him, I will and I shall come forth as pure gold. My God. 
My God, without a doubt, without a doubt. We're down to the last four minutes of the show. I want you guys to give your closing remarks. Go ahead, DL. Well, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, a strategy, the best strategy uh, that I can say to the people that's listening is don't try God. Do God. That's the best Mm. strategy you can have because if you don't have them. Say that again. I want them to get that. Say that again. The best strategy in the world is don't try God. Do God. Because ultimately, that's the only thing that's going to get you through whatever you're going through. Because he's the source. God is the ultimate source of who we are. He created us. Stop trying all these other things. In order to make you happy In order to make you victorious Because it's only temporary When you do God He fulfills your life To the place And that doesn't mean everything Going to be cookies and cream Because that's not how this thing works But with God It's so lovely I'm trying to tell you God gives you that peace That surpasses all understanding And sometimes God gives you such a peace well, people that with you don't even understand it. That's when you know you're walking in God because you have two choices. I tell people all the time, it's this simple. You got two choices. You're going to be better or you're going to be bitter. Just choose to be better. And the only way you get better is to choose God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Tanya. I just want to say that I'm like D.A.O. right now. Try God. There ain't no drug. I've been there. Ain't no alcohol. There's no man. There's no woman. There's no child. There's not enough money. There's not a God that can do it like Jesus. And if he started a good work in you, believe what the word says. He is faithful to complete it and be blessed. Amen, 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 amen. Well, we thank God and praise God again for this time that we've had opportunity to share with you. Um, The ultimate strategy, the ultimate strategy is to stay before the face of God. Stay before the face of God. Keep your ear to the heart of God so you can hear his heartbeat. You can feel what he feels. You will understand and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're allowing him to lead you. As D.L. said, don't just try him. Do him. Do what he said. Do it. Follow his instructions down to the letter, and you will not fail. And you will be victorious in everything you're going through. We give you give God praise, glory, and honor for this time that we have been able to share with you. We're praying that you will have an incredibly victorious week in the Lord as you go forth. And we will see you again next week. God bless you. Let's keep it real.